Matthew, the 16th chapter, we've been looking at this verse every session. And uh, we'll begin reading in the... Well, let me just preface it and we'll start reading later in the verse. But the Lord Jesus had asked his disciples, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? In verse 13. They said, Some say this, some say the other. And he said, Well, whom say ye that I am? And Peter said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Everybody say that out loud. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. How many understand that the Lord Jesus was and is a man, but not just a man? Not only, not a, not a mere man. Born of a virgin. How many believe that? You can't, you can't be wishy-washy on that. And so, well, I don't know if, if he is or not. Then you're not saved. So I said, that's strong. That's the way it is. Now, some things we can be tolerant about. Others we cannot. Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. Born of a virgin. Died on the cross. Shed his blood. Gave his precious life for us. And he is risen literally, physically, as well as spiritually in every other way, from the dead. I said, he's risen from the dead. And I said, well, maybe that's a myth. Then you're lost. I said, why he say that? I don't know, but it's a fact. You cannot be wavery about these particular things. How many are confident you're not questioning this at all? Jesus is the Son of God. Virgin born. Died on the cross. And is raised from the dead. He really did die. Dead. And he really is raised alive. From the dead. He's alive tonight. <laughs> and he's coming again. Hallelujah. This is reality. That's the punchline of the gospel. What do you mean? He's raised from the dead. That's the punchline. And thank God that the Lord has allowed us to, to understand this and believe this. You are the Christ, he said, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it to you. But my father, which is in heaven, is the father still revealing things to his people. And I say to you that you are Peter, a little rock. And upon this rock, the rock of the revelation of the Christ. No, the church is not built on Peter. Absolutely not. No way. There's only one foundation that's been laid. That's Christ. Amen. This, this thing's built on him. Upon this rock, the rock of the revelation of the Christ, the son of the living God, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. How many believe this is a great statement? This is a tremendous thing that the Lord is saying here. I mean, it wouldn't be any more true, it wouldn't be any more powerful, any more real, if the Lord Jesus himself came through the ceiling this evening and looked at you and said, I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Would you think that was substantial? Would you think that was significant? 
What would you say? What would you do? What would you say? Would you say, yeah, I already knew that. No. The keys. I mean, people get, you know, all stirred up because somebody gave them a a ceremonial key to the city. People get stirred up because they got keys to a new car. People, you know, act, uh, you know, just, just wild because they got keys to a new house. Oh, but we're talking about keys to the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, and they have been given to us. What does this mean? I'm convinced that most of the church world doesn't know what this means. And I know, you know, I know I'm just scratching the surface of it. And most people I know, don't. we just got a little bit of this. We need to press into this. What has been given to us? The keys of the kingdom of heaven. And this is an explanation of this phrase. What do you do with these keys? Here's a big part of what you do with it. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. He's not talking about a literal set of metal or plastic keys. The key, the word key, is representative. Keys denote entrance. Keys denote the privilege of access and use. And keys denote control. And you can surely see that in this verse. If you have the right to bind up or shut down or stop something, you have the right to loose or allow or free something, you've got control. I said you've got control. And this is the great truth. He has given us control. And we've been calling this teaching in your power or in your control. And the lie, the deception that the enemy has sold so many people is that many, many things that they need to change should be changed. They're convinced they can't. They're convinced it's not within their power. It's not within their control. And so they try to relegate it to God. And you hear this phrase a lot. God is in control. But depending on what you mean by that, that can be misleading. Because is he in control of you? Does he make you think what you should think? Does he make you speak what you should speak? Does he make you go where you should go or stay where you should stay and do what you should do? Then is he really in control? And all of the things that are happening in the earth. Is he really responsible for all of these tragedies and and terrible things? Is he controlling all of these horrors that are happening? No, the devil wants people to believe that God is in control so that you believe you are not. It is not within your power. You can't do anything about it. And this is a lie. I said, this is a lie. Jesus didn't say, now I've got all the keys and I'm going to take care of all of it for you. You guys just sit back, kick back, don't worry about it. I've got it under control. I'm going to take care of it for you. People preach that. They try to imply that. But did he ever say that? Or rather, did he say, behold, I give you power. I give you authority. I give you the keys. You cast out devils. You heal the sick. You preach the gospel. 
You go into all the world. You speak to the mountain. Is that right? Is that God doing it for us? No. That's us doing something. And when we do it, he backs us up. I said he backs us up. When you bind, he's going to back you up. Amen. If it's bind down here on the earth, it'll be bound in heaven. You loose it, you allow it, you permit it, it'll be allowed, permitted, loosed in heaven. Many, many things are in our power. They are within our control. We need to accept that responsibility and begin to use it and begin to operate in the full extent of it. Now, during these previous sessions, we've talked about a number of things. We've said, uh, for one thing, your mind is in your power. It's in your control. Who's running your mind? That was pretty weak. Now, you know, I, people try to say, well, I just want to, I just want to turn my mind over to the Lord. I just want to give my mind to the Lord. Lord, just please, just take me over. Holy Ghost, just possess me. It doesn't work that way. It's not going to happen. Somebody said, well, I've been praying that it would be. Well, has it happened yet? It's not going to. Somebody said, why do you say that? Because the Lord, the Holy Ghost is not a demon. Demons want to possess people. Demons want to control them. Contrary to their will, God does not. God wants you to willingly yield to Him. Amen? Yes, He wants right and access and control in your life, but it's only going to come one way, by you taking the control under Him. Amen? By you controlling it the way you believe He's directing you to do it. Then, the more you're controlling what he's given you, the way you believe he's leading you, then he really will begin to be in control of some things through you in your life. Can you say amen? Amen. That is his will. So, who is in control of your mind? Said out loud, my mind is my mind. I think on what I want to think on. No one. Nothing can make me think on things I don't want to. This is my mind in my control. So we talked about the soul, our emotions, our feelings. Whose soul is it? Does God control your mind for you? Does he control your soul for you? No, he does not. He'll help you do it if you'll do something with it. But he, he's not going to do it for you. We're not to be controlled by our feelings. We're not to be controlled by our emotions. Among other things, the scripture says, be ye angry and what? What does that mean? You may have feelings of anger. I mean, you may, you may have a lot of feelings. But does that mean you have to act like a heathen? Does that mean you have to get in the flesh and... Treat somebody bad and spout off at the mouth and hurt your testimony? No. No matter how you feel, you can still act the way you're supposed to act. You may feel like, you know, being mean to somebody, but you can act like you love them. And that's not being a hypocrite. That's walking in the Spirit. That's putting on the new man. Everybody said out loud, my soul is my soul. I'm in control with the help of the Lord. Of all my feelings, all my emotions, 
all my faculties are in my power in Jesus' name. That's good news. I said, that's good news. I've had people sit across my desk before and just cry and say, I, I can't help it. I try not to, 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 to get mad and, and, and act like this. I try not to think on all these things, but I just can't help it. The thing that's holding them in bondage is they're believing a lie. They believe they can't control it. And that lie is what's holding them in bondage. But thank God you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. The truth is it's in your power. Said out loud, in my power. It's in your power. But we begin uh, last evening talking about this great truth. That your body is your body. And in your power. Amen. Don't quit smiling now. This is, this is good news. Your body is in your power. Now turn with me to 1 Corinthians 9 again if you would. 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 27. The Holy Spirit speaking through the Apostle Paul. Talking to us. He said, 1 Corinthians 9, 27, But I keep under my body. Now it's, it's, it's very significant the way he refers to himself. He doesn't refer to uh, his body just as him. He refers to it as my body. I understand uh, we, we saw this last night. First Thessalonians 4 refers to the body as our vessel. This is our earth suit. Right? And you are a spirit being. Possessing a soul and a mind. And you live in a body. You're not just a physical body. You have a body. Amen? And whose body is it? It's your body. Does God control it for you? Oh, don't we wish <laughs> that, he, that he would, but, you know, he's not. And, and people do, you know, they, they get in the floor and pray, oh God, oh God, you know, help me. Help me with this, or help me with that problem with my body. I keep doing this. And what they really mean, they're saying help me, but what they really mean is do it for me. Make me quit this, and it's not going to happen. I said, it's not going to happen. Now, if you begin to do something with yourself, he will help you. Wonderfully help you. But, you know, you got to give him something to help. Your body is your body. It is in your power. It is in your control. Whether you've believed it or not, it's so. The Apostle Paul said, but I... Keep under my body and I bring it into subjection. Now, if you read other translations of this, they, they get quite strong. One says, I beat it black and blue. Now, you know, he's not talking about physically abusing himself, but, but uh, what he is talking about, the language is appropriate for the original in that he's talking about using a, a strong hand. And you need to. Now here's a good a good thought. Don't deal with others the way you deal with yourself. <laughs> you need to deal with yourself roughly, abruptly. I mean, there are times you need to grab yourself by the ear, drag yourself over to the mirror, and talk rough to yourself. 
and say, you are doing this. You are not doing this. You, you need to get rough with yourself. But you don't deal with others the way you deal with yourself. You deal with others the way the Lord deals with you. In grace and mercy and gently. Amen. But you, you know, don't, don't you wait for God to straighten out things for you. He, he'll help you. But don't you believe the lie that the devil makes you do things. You know, the comedian popularized the statement, the devil made me do it. Oh, that's a convenient excuse. And we, we got a lot of people today, you know, different forms of this same thing. Basically, that's what they're saying. The devil made me do it. I couldn't help it. That's a lie. I said, that's a lie. It's your body. It's your body. If it, if it's involved in something it shouldn't be, it's your fault. Is that right? First Thessalonians 4. In fact, won't you hold this place? I was just going to refer to it, but turn to it again. Hold your place here, 1 Corinthians. 1 Thessalonians 4. And 4. Well, let me read verse 3. He said, this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. Who's going to possess our vessel? We are. In possession, in control, I keep my body under control, you might say, Paul said. I bring it into subjection. These are strong words, and it's necessary. Because your body didn't get born again. Hmm? The man on the inside, your spirit, you're born again. But your body has not been born again. Your body is still of the same nature of Joe Sinner down the street. That's never been born again. Your body will do the same things that Joe Sinner's body will do if you let it. Your body will just get just as wild and crazy and messed up as you allow it to be. Don't think it won't. And the more you yield to the flesh, the more it'll want. And just gets more perverted and more bizarre. And we live in a society that's going crazy. Have you noticed that? I mean, people are just abandoning themselves. To the lust of the flesh, and it's concerning me. I'm, I'm telling you, it's. I, I see. I see a road that we're on, and it looks familiar, like Sodom and Gomorrah. Did you hear me? And other things. And God has not changed. God is not living in a a new age with a new mentality. He sees things exactly the same as he has always seen them. He's not changed. People change. Values change among people. Morals change. But God has not changed. He has not. And we need to know of a certainty. Even though we're hearing different things in the world. We need to know our bodies are the holy temples of God. Amen. They're valuable. They're precious. We need to be responsible as their care, the caretaker of these bodies and not allow our, our body to be defiled. Amen. And to do a good job with what God has given us. Let this body be for the Lord, like we read last night, and for His exclusive use and purposes. He wants you to enjoy your body. But you're not just here for the pleasure of the flesh. 
Our body is for him to serve him. Now, I want you to go with me to uh, Romans, if you would, please. Well, yeah, we'll just do this at the same time. Romans, the uh, fifth chapter, and also uh, James, the third chapter. Let's look at these two together. Romans, the fifth chapter. James, chapter 3. This is where we left off last night. And we'll begin here again, James 3 first. In James, the third chapter, in verse 2, He said, in many things we offend all, if any man offend not in word, in what he or she says, the same is a perfect man, a mature, a complete, an entire individual. How many want to grow up and mature in the things of God? You don't want to be a baby forever. want to grow up. This is a huge key to growing up spiritually. It has to do with the control of your mouth. You show me someone who has some spiritual maturity, I'll show you someone who watches their mouth. And you see somebody that just says a lot of things and they don't mean and say a lot of things that they have to apologize for half a dozen times all through the day and and then act, you know, uh, what's the word? They, They just... You know, don't care. They're not watching that like it's not a big deal. Those are baby Christians. I don't care if they've been used in the gifts of the Spirit. God uses babies in the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. Remember 1 Corinthians? He talks about that they came behind in no good gift, but at the same time he said, you're carnal. But if you want to be a, a perfect man, a mature man, what did he say? You don't offend You don't mess up in what you say. Now, all of us have made mistakes in what we say, and and we're not saying we're never going to make a mistake again in what we say, but it shouldn't be for a lack of trying. And one of the greatest things you could do to improve every area of your life instantly is to begin to conscientiously monitor everything that comes out of your lips. Now, we've heard teaching on confession, but I don't think many people take it, have taken it seriously like they should. We are to be imitators of God as dear children. God is very conscientious about what he says because it happens. Is that right? How many understand God does not just spout off things? He doesn't say a bunch of things he doesn't mean and doesn't really believe. He wouldn't be God if he did. He's exalted his his word above his name. His word has been purified and refined. All things are upheld. All things. This planet, the sun, gravity, your breath by the word of his power. If he ever got to where he didn't mean what he said, we would cease to be. And what he's endeavoring to do is teach us how to operate in this faith life through ruling with words. 
Can you say amen? He goes on to express the power of words. He says, if a man does not offend in word, he's a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. We're talking about your body is your body and the control of your body is in your power. And the tool, one of the major tools that you use are your words. Amen. Let me keep reading. He said, Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm or rudder, whithersoever the governor or the steerer decides. Now, I think if he'd have been writing this today, he'd have probably used also the example of the steering wheel. Same thing. Steering wheel. I don't care if it's an 18-wheeler. And you got tons of weight going down the highway at a high rate of speed with a lot of force. If you want to change the direction of that, just get a hold of that steering wheel. Is that right? And move it. It's the yoke in the airplane. The rudder on the ship. The bit in the horse's mouth. All these things are the devices by which you control that thing. Right? How do you control your body? Have you thought about this? That's what the Lord has said. How do you control the ship? With the rudder. How do you control the car? With the steering wheel. How do you control the horse? With the bit. How do you control your body? That's shouting ground. I'm telling you, you may, you may not have known it, but that's the answer to all your body problems. Right there. I can tell them I'll have to keep preaching about it, but it is. Maybe I'll just shout a little, a little bit by myself. I'm telling you, this, this is wonderful. I don't care if it's a habit, if it's something that's been with you for years and years and years. I don't care if it's something that's hung on, this, this dog Jew. This is your answer. I didn't say it. The Lord said it. In His Holy Word. He said, if you control your words, you control your whole body. Amen. Hallelujah. It's true. If you want to change the direction of the horse, you pull on the bit. If you want to change the direction of the ship, you change the rudder. If you want to change your body, you change your mouth. Now, I didn't say this was going to be real easy for you. I didn't say it was going to automatically happen in a half a day. Because people have trained themselves and allowed themselves to be affected, infected with unbelief and don't realize the error of what they're saying in their daily walk. I'm talking about Christians. I'm talking about tongue talkers. I'm talking about meeting going, tape playing people. Note-taking people. Yeah. That still say things that are binding themselves up. The Lord's not going to straighten it out for us. I know, I, I know, you know, I've said that several times. Every time I said it, I can feel some people cringe. Go, well, I, the Lord's in control. 
you wish. He'll be in control in your life as you learn to yield to him. But he's not just going to step in and take things over for you and fix them. And if you want to, if you want to keep believing that, then ten years from now you'll still be right where you are with the same problems and it won't be the Lord's fault. But when you realize he's given you the keys and the power to bind and stop and the power to loose and release, you, you, you. And he says, if you'll learn how to control your words, you can bridle and control your whole body. Then you'll get excited. Your spirit will begin to come up. And you'll begin to say, all right, all right, all right, I know what to do. You know, so many people, they think, well, what I need is an extended, extensive deliverance. I need ten of the best preachers to pray over me all night. You know they could, and you could feel all kind of things, but in the morning, if you don't begin to take some control, you're never going to have any lasting deliverance. I don't care who prays for you. Or who speaks over you? Unless you take some control afterwards and with them because it's your body. Not theirs. Yours. Now, in talking about this, the Lord intended for us, if you still got your place there in Romans, hold hold this James passage. And in Romans 5... He tells us, Romans 5.17, Romans 5.17, If by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they that receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. We have been made kings and priests through our Lord Jesus. Kings rule, don't they? And they reign. Do you know how they do it? They do it with their words. When you're the king, you're the king. You sit on your throne. You want something done? You want a ditch dug? You don't have to find a shovel. You don't even have to know where the shovel's at. You don't care where it's at. Is that right? You don't have to know how to dig. You can just sit on the throne and go, let a ditch be dug. The king has spoken. And 12 people run out the door to grab a shovel. Is that right? Why? Because you are the king. And the Lord has become the king of kings. And the Lord of lords. And he has made us unto our God, Revelation says, kings and priests. And we are to rule and reign in life. Yeah, we're going to do some serious ruling and reigning later on. But we're we're in training for that right now. This is faith school. 
We're in training for that right now. We're to be, we don't have an unlimited authority to just take over everybody that, that don't want to yield to God and, and, and the world. You know, I wish we did. But you can sure rule and reign in your domain. Did you hear me? And the more people we get saved, then we're expanding. Is that right? In your life, in your home, in your business, your area, your children, your finances, your health, your mind, your body, you should be ruling as a king. If your kidney's not acting right, what you don't do is go, oh man, my kidneys are not right. The king has spoken. He says the kidneys are not right. So, the kidneys can't be right. People don't, they, they haven't understood this and they don't believe it when they hear it. They go, well, you know. I don't, you know, what are you, what are you, what are you saying? We gotta watch every word that comes out of our mouth? No, no, uh-uh. the Bible says you can open wide your mouth and have destruction. You can, you can say anything you want to say. Cause you're free. Will. Free choice. Say anything you want to say. But life and death. Is in the power of the tongue. And the ones that love life are going to choose to say the words of life and eat the fruit thereof. Amen. People get upset about this and they get tired of it. You know. Now, now let me let me give you some advice here. Your primary task is to correct your words. (laughs) Not your brothers, not your sisters. Uh, not your spouse. And, I, and, and just be warned. Now when you really begin to get conscientious about your own words. Other people's bad words will begin to be glaringly obvious to you. They will be. And you'll be so tempted to go. Uh, 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 don't say that. Quit it. And it really is important. But you're not the Holy Ghost police. You're not supposed to monitor everybody. You got actually got a full-time job keeping up with yourself, keeping your mouth straight. And if you will do that conscientiously, you'll be setting a good example. People will begin to notice it, you know, that there's just certain things you won't say. And you, you might smile, but you won't agree with them. You don't have to just be preachy at everybody. You can just uphold the standard. It'll begin to be more and more obvious. But you can control your whole body and beyond that with your words. I know in healing school, I didn't see this at first, but boy, the longer we went, I was ministered in healing school at the Kenneth Hagin Ministries for 13 and a half years on a daily basis. And we saw a lot of people with problems, physical problems and mental problems to come and go. And as the years went by, I begin to see the importance of what I'm sharing with you tonight. I know one, one young man came in and, uh, he said, well, uh, I began to ask him, you know, what was, what was he there for? And he said, well, my problem is, brother Keith, my tear ducts 
my eyes. They just don't work right. I mean, I have been to, and he told me all these doctors, and they've done all these things, but they don't work right. Uh, they don't know why, but my tear ducts don't work right. And I mean, as we talk for the next 15 minutes, he must have said my tear ducts don't work right, you know, 15 times. My tear ducts. But see, he's not seeing it. Now, he's a Christian. He's been to some good meetings. But this is what he's saying. My tear ducts don't work right. Well, who is the king over his body? He is. I'm going to say something that might startle you. But there are a number of areas in your life uh, where your words, well, first of all, in your life, your words carry more weight than anyone. I've had people come to me sometimes so concerned, say, well, so-and-so is saying something about me that I don't believe. Well, their words don't carry weight in your life. Well, they're saying it's not going to work, and I'm believing it is. Well, if it's in your life, it don't make any difference what they say. Did you hear me? Don't you worry your pretty head about it. No. Your words carry more weight in your life than anyone's. In fact, in many cases, more than God's. Now that's the part I was getting to. So why would you say that? You remember Malachi? The Lord said, your words have been stout against me. Why would he say that? Listen. If you, if the Lord says you are saved by through Christ and you say, no, I'm not, I refuse to accept it, then what's going to happen? You're going to be saved or lost. The Lord says you're healed and you say, no, uh-uh, no, I'm sick. You'll live and not die and you say, no, I'm going to die. Whose words are going to win out in that city? Why? Because it's your body and the Lord's given you that control. And that right, your words carry more weight in your life than anyone's, in some cases, more than the Lord's. But confession, the word confession, literally means saying the same thing. If you look it up, you'll see that. What that means, if you're smart, you'll say the same thing God says about you. You'll agree with Him. No matter how differently it feels or looks, if the Lord says you're blessed, then you say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Amen. If he says you're healed, then you say, I'm healed. Amen. If he says I supply all, all your needs, then that's what you say. He supplies all my needs. And you refuse to say anything else. You refuse to. And you see that you are ruling as a king in your life. You have a right. But if you say my tear ducts don't work right, you're the king. Where your things are concerned, the king is decreed. Ecclesiastes, what is the eight forces where the word of a king is, there's power. And so I asked him, I mean, we talked about 30 minutes, and I said, well, I said, how long have you been saying that? He looked at me and what? Saying what? Saying that your tear ducts don't work right. He said, well, I don't know. I said, well, how long have they not worked right? He said, X amount of years. I said, and how you've been saying that all that time? I guess so. I said, well, this is not getting the results you want. Let's say something else. Can we find the rudder? If we could find the steering wheel, we could turn this thing around. Thank God we can. It's right under your nose. (laughs) 
It's your words. And even though your body may be going a certain way, you begin to say, I call my body strong. I call my lungs clear. I call my leg healed. Leg, I'm the king in this body. And I'm telling you, I decree you whole and strong. Now, it may not, it may not just instantly be that way naturally, but you keep saying that and it'll begin to turn your situation around and you just keep holding the pressure against that with your words and you'll begin to move in the right way. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, it's so important. So important. Ruling and reigning in life as a king. Taking the authority and the power and control over your own body, over your own life. It's your body. You have the right to say. I mean, I'm, I don't, I don't speak up. I, I know I make, must, I've made mistakes myself. I, and I'm sure, if, you know, people could point out things in mine. But man, I, you, you, you see things. I guess being in healing school all those years, it just made my ear keen to that kind of thing. And I just cringe when I hear even ministers say some things. I know a good friend of mine was telling me about it. They had gained a lot of weight, not just a few pounds, a whole lot of weight, and struggled with it for, I mean, years and years and years, and it's bothering them. Well, now, here's the big question. Are we in control of this or not? Hmm? Can we change it or not? We, no, we, get, we need to make up our mind. Paul said, I keep under my body. I bring it into subjection. And listen, if you don't keep your body under, it'll keep you under. In some form or fashion. It will. And he said, if I don't keep it under, I could wind up a castaway. Not controlling it. And, and this person, uh, you know, they, they know faith. They're a minister, a good minister. And, and they know some things. But, but we'll be talking and they just say, well, you know, my metabolism. It's just so slow. Uh, the doctor said it's slow, and, and I think it's the slowest of anybody I know. My metabolism. Yeah, it's so slow. Well, how would you know that, first of all? How would you know exactly what your metabolism is? But I guarantee you, you say that for years, and you will have a tortoise metabolism. Yeah, people say that kind of thing, don't they? They talk about my weak eye, my bad ear, my tennis elbow, my weak knee. Huh? You ever heard anything like that? You're the king. If you sit on the throne of your life and decree the knee is weak, (laughs) then so shall it be. The king is spoken. The knee shall be weak. What did the scripture say? What did Joel 3.10 say? Let the weak say. I feel weak. If I'm weak. I just. Bless God have to say it like it is. I'm weak. No. Let the weak say. I am strong. Somebody said. Well my metabolism is slow. I can't help it. You're wrong. You can help it. It's your metabolism. And if you'd get in faith about it, the thing would have to stir up. I mean, stir yourself up and get on that thing and talk to it. Amen? And say, listen here, metabolism. I'm the king in this body. 
You're not the king. I'm the king. And if I say you're going to step up, then you're going to step up. Now, of course, it could help to do some exercise, too. If your conscience is bothering you because you're just laying on the couch all the time, while you confess it, well, see, that ain't going to work. You got you to do everything the Lord leads you to do. But it'll start, you can get a hold of the steering wheel and begin to turn this thing around with your mouth. With your words. I know I was in another country some years ago ministering. And uh, a Rhema grad, a minister was there. The minister I was with told me about this lady. And he said, uh, she's just, she's at death's door. And uh, would you mind going by and seeing her? Well, in between services, I went by to see her. And I mean, she had cancer of the stomach and it had spread and she was just in a terrible way. I mean, she was just skin and bone. She's literally starving to death because the cancer of the stomach and the digestive system and nothing she's eating has been staying down. So I sat by her bed and began to talk to her and she couldn't speak above a whisper. I mean, she looked such that if you had walked out of the room and they called you and said she just died, you wouldn't be surprised. That's how she looked. She just looked that low and that far gone. And, uh, but I understand nothing's too, too hard for the Lord. Nothing's impossible to Him. As long as there's breath, there's hope. Amen. You don't have to give up, no matter how bad it may look. And, uh, so I begin to speak to her as, as, as we're talking. She said, Brother Keith, I just, I can't keep anything down. Every time I eat, it just comes back up, and I can't keep anything down, and I'm just, I'm so weak. Well, this is the reality in the natural. But see, bells and whistles are going off to me. Hmm? I understand a lot of people, they just don't see it. They just sit there and cry and go, I'm sorry. Let's pray that God would do something for you without realizing that we've got to take the control as well that he's given us. What is she saying? She's saying, I am so weak. Is that what Joel 3.10 said? Let the weak say, I'm weak. Now, you know, I'm not going to call any names, but anybody in here, you ever got up in the morning and just didn't feel 100% and just kind of sat down and went, man. No, what's wrong with me? I just don't feel up to par. I just don't. I'm just, I'm just not, I'm just not up with it today. Well, the king has spoken. Hmm? That's right. The king has spoken. That's the way you've decreed it to be. Sometimes early in the morning, people will say, this is a bad day. Then <laughs> the day ain't half over. What do you mean it's a bad, you, how would you know? Well, you've decreed it to be. Now, you, you may not understand it, but the enemy is just, his, his imps, his cohorts are just sitting by waiting for you to say something like that. Hoping you're going to say something that they will have a right to act on. They follow you around. I know it's not a pleasant thought, but it's true. They, they follow you around and they listen. The ministers of God, the, the, the angels, the Holy Ghost, and demons. They can't just do anything they want to do in the earth. 
They have to have a legal right to do it. And in your life, it has to come through you. And they're always looking for words that they can act on. If you say, God's my healer, he keeps me strong, I'll live a long time, you've opened the door. You've loosed. Did you hear? You've loosed and open and allowed access for God to begin to tweak your system and keep your immune system up and even change some genetic things if he needs to so that you live along. I'm telling you, so that you, he made DNA. And he can change it. But if you begin to say, well, I tell you, mama had the same thing. And you know, grandma did too. And it looks like I'm going the same way they did. Boy, I don't want that. Well, the demons love it. They love it because they can jump on that. They can begin to work to cause that to come to pass. You say, well, boy, this is a bad day. Oh, man, their ears, they go, all right, it's a bad day. We're going to see to it that you have a bad day. (laughs) If we really understood the right and the power of our words and who and what has access through good and bad words, we would guard this thing. We would watch what comes out. This lady was saying that. I'm so weak. I just can't keep anything down. Everything I eat, it just comes right back up. And I said, well, I said, sister, you know the word. She's a minister now. I don't care who you are. You can get sucked into the ways of the world and just talk what you feel, talk what you see. Especially the more it's in your face, it's easy just to go with what you're feeling and seeing. Say it. Talk it. And I said, uh, Joel 3.10 said, let the weak say, I am strong. I said, we're going to do that. I'm going to lead you in a, in a confession here. I said, don't, you don't have to exert yourself. We got time. Just whisper it. I said, let's say it out loud. I'm strong. So she barely whispered, I'm strong. I said it again, I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. She said it again. I'm strong. She'd have to wait and take a breath or two. In the Lord. The power of His might. We just did this, I guess, for 30 minutes. And at the end of that time, the Lord's my witness. She's sitting straight up in bed, talking louder than I am. You could have heard her across the road saying, I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I've seen people in healing school, we used to do that. Sometimes I'd come in, I'd have all my sermon notes, and I'd just close my Bible and say, all right, this is what we're going to do. Repeat after me. I am strong. I am strong. I am strong. I am strong. I'm strong in the Lord. And in the power of His might. His strength is in me. I am strong. I am strong. I am strong. Hallelujah. See, you, you can sense the stirring of that just in a few seconds. What if you sat in your chair and did it for an hour? I'm telling you, you just... After a while, you won't just be talking. You'll you'll be feeling it too. 
So before I left her, I said, now listen, sister. I said, uh, I'm, I'm going to instruct you on something. See to it that you do this. Never again. Do not again say, I'm weak. Do not again say, I don't have any appetite. And I can't keep anything down. I charge you. I forbid you to say it now. Are you with me? And, they, and she said, okay. Because she saw the work of God. I mean, 30 minutes. Sitting up shouting. That's, that's God moving. Telling she was about dead when I walked in there. I said, here's what you say and this is what you, only what you say. You say, I have a voracious appetite. And when I eat, it stays down. And then when you're not saying that, you say, I'm strong. And I said, listen to me carefully. I don't care if you eat something and it bounces off the bottom of your stomach and it comes right back out and you throw up and you're sick. I'm talking about at your stomach, you feel so sick. I mean, as soon as you get throwing, through throwing up, I want you to wipe up off your mouth and you say, like I said, <laughs> when I eat, it stays down. Are you getting this? See, this is where people lose the battle. They think, well, I, oh, I got sick. I thought I was, I was saying that when I eat, it stays down. Why didn't it stay down? I, I, this is not supposed to happen. I'm a faith person. You don't know what faith is. Faith is when it looks and feels like nothing's working and you look up through the tears and the pain and you affirm it is working. Hallelujah. You see it? So I went over with it again real slowly. I was back in the States for about two or three months. And uh, I was in a big meeting and somebody came by and they said, I heard you were in such and such country. And I said, yeah. And they said, uh, you went by and visited Sister So-and-so. I said, yeah. They said, well, did you, did you hear that she's gained uh, 20-something pounds? <laughs> and she's up just going around doing good. Got a voracious appetite. <laughs> now see, at some point she probably need to modify that that confession. But at that point she was starving to death. But do you understand that you are the king in your life and your words? Your words, I'm telling you, your words... Do all kind of things to your systems in your body. I know uh, some years ago the Lord had to correct me. I uh, had had some bad experiences from cigarette smoke. Being, a, you know, especially back years ago, uh, you travel on plane and man, you just sit and smoke for hours. Commercial airliners and they've changed a lot of that, but. Um, I mean, and especially in the waiting areas and stuff, it's just a cloud of smoke in the terminals. Thank God a lot of that's changed. But I mean, there were times when by the time I got to where I was going, I had no voice and it, it really bothered me. And I begin to say, I just can't take cigarette smoke. And uh, man, I noticed I, you know, I'd be around it in a restaurant or here or there and it just caused me problems. I'd get choked up and and uh, and the Lord, in the time of prayer, He corrected me. He said, you know better than that. 
And, and I'm telling you, the more you watch your words and the more you discipline yourself, the more power your words have. And the quicker and the stronger their effect on you. And uh, I'm telling you, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things you just could not get me to say because I believe in my own words. And so the Lord, he corrected me. He said, you, you've been saying that and that's why this is causing you a problem. So I begin to say, right, okay, I got it, Lord. Uh, I don't like cigarette smoke, but it doesn't bother me any worse than it bothers anybody else. Did you hear me? And it wasn't long after that until that's the way it was. People don't realize it, but they, it's, it's a form of, uh, oh, that's not exactly the word I'm thinking, but it, people think that di- different allergic conditions and this and that make them special. <laughs> All it makes you is limited, hindered. You ought to be able to be around anything anybody else can. You ought to be able to eat anything anybody else can. But if you say for 10 years, oh, I can't eat that. Boy, that bothers me. That upsets my stomach. Boy, if I eat that, ooh, boy, if I eat that, I'd be up all night. The king has spoken. Huh? I'm telling you, we, we have people in healing school that they come in and with masks on. That's right. We had one person they were allergic to the air. Now that's a problem. You're allergic to air. Allergic, of course, to cats and dogs and perfumes and allergic to seafood. Allergic to people, we had one. Allergic to, yeah. And, and the problem is, a lot of these people, they had documented cases of, of, of real reactions and problems. I mean, it's, it's not just that, you know, they said it, but they actually had physiological problems as a result of it. But how did it get that way? Through fear and through talking and saying, oh, I can't, I can't be around that. I can't, I can't eat that. You ought to be able to eat anything that anybody else eats. Amen? Amen. I said, well, I've been 30 years though and I have an allergy to that. What'd you say? What'd you say? If you're taking notes, I want you to write down a few phrases. These are things I want you to monitor and listen to yourself about. When you say phrases like, I get such and such. I have this or that. I always this or that. Let me give you an example. People say, I I get migraines. Why would you say that? Because I do. Why would you say that? Because I do. How do you know you do in the future? How do you know that? You ain't got there yet. When you say, I get, I have, I always, you're not just telling us what's happened to you. You're prophesying and decreeing over your future.
Did you hear me? Now, it's fine if you want to say, I have had migraines. I've had some bad ones. I had a bad one yesterday. All right, that's history. That happened. But don't say, I get them. I don't care if you had the worst one you've ever had in your life. In the middle of it, you say, I don't get migraines. Your head will tell you, you sure do. You say, no, I don't. I'm the king here in the situation. I don't get them. I don't get them. Well, you know, here's springtime. I'll get my allergies. Oh, I can't be around that. I can't be around this. You've been redeemed from the curse. By stripes you're healed. Amen. Watch out by saying, every time I do this, this or that happens. You gotta watch, ministers gotta watch about this. Heads of ministries and pastors, I hear people all the time say, well boy, you know, uh, every summer, this happens. We, we have a slump. You've decreed it. Ministers say, well, every time I do this or every time I do that, this happens. Why would you say that? This summer's not over yet. How do you know? Right? And people don't, you know, they might want to make light. Well, it's just, that's just the way it is. It doesn't have to be that way. God could wake up one guy, write you one check, have the best summer you've ever had. Financially. Real easy thing. Well, we're, well, we're just been struggling. We're just struggling. You decree it. I said, you decree it. We're just so far behind. See, it seems like every time I get a little bit ahead, something else tears up. You're decreeing it. The devil's already working on your transmission. And your washing machine and and your refrigerator. That's that's so aggravating. Just about time I get to, now the kids need some shoes. And now we got this bill. It's always something. You decreed it. I wouldn't say that. I mean, understand what I'm talking about. Unless you want to say, it's always blessing. (laughs) It's always something good happening to me. All the time. I mean, all the time. The Lord taught me this years ago. People are always giving me things. <laughs> That's right. He even gave me a song. You want to hear it? God is dealing with people to give me money. God is dealing with people to give me things. God is dealing with people to give me favor. God is dealing with people for me. And I said, why do you say that? Because of Luke 6, 38. Give, and I do, and it shall be given to you. Good measure, press down, shaking together, running over. Shall men, people, give to you. Now you don't tell him who. No, no, don't. Don't ever tell him, well, Lord, they got some money, won't you? I'm just going to believe that they, you, they give me some. No, no, no. But I've heard Christians say, well, you know, nobody ever gives me anything. 
Wonder why. It's a great mystery, isn't it? Nobody's ever given me a car. Yeah, and like that, they never will. Because God can't deal with them when your words are so styled against Him. He would like to, but He can't. But if you'll begin to say, stuff comes to me all the time. I'm giving all the time, and it's coming back to me on every wave. I mean, every time I turn around. Here's a new this and a new that and a big check. And I'm just blessed going out. I'm blessed coming in. I'm a blessed fella. Amen. One of my sayings that I've said for years, you know, I just tell the Lord a lot. I say, Lord, you're so good to me. You are so good to me. And I found out the more I say it, the better he is. It's like he says, yeah, I'm good. You think that's good? Watch this. This is good. I go, oh, God, you are so good to me. He said, yeah, I'm better than that. Watch this. And, and I'm, I'm saying it. You are so good to me. Amen. And I'm healthy. And I'm going to live a long time. Amen. I used to tell the students all the time, I'd lead them in this confession. I'm quick. I'm bright. I'm sharp. I'm good looking. And very rich. And a major blessing. Hallelujah. Now see if you think that's funny. It's because you ain't been saying it. And you need to be saying it. Because the devil's always telling you that you're ugly. And broke. And can't do anything. And are not worth anything. And you don't need to sit and listen to that. Decree over yourself. How you want it to be. Get a hold of the steering wheel. Get a hold of the rudder. Amen. And begin to turn this thing around. I've seen, I'm telling this lady I talked to you about, she was at death's door. And just, you know, appetite comes back, strength comes back. I've seen that again and again. I've seen people's finances so messed up, so far in debt. And instead of going, oh my Lord, what am I going to do with all these bills? It seems like I can't come out. It seems like I can't get ahead. You're decreeing it. Begin to say, I'm coming out. I'll pay every bill. Every debt will be removed. Amen. I'm blessed. I'm rich. Very rich. You begin to say that. Begin to expect somebody to say, well, that's so selfish. Listen, if you're not blessed, you can't bless others. If it's taking all the faith you got to pay your utilities, it's going to be hard for you to have a world vision to win the loss. <laughs> you got to come out from where you are and keep increasing. Amen. Call areas of your life that have been a problem. Call them strong. What used to be a weak. No, don't ever say I'm giving you these phrases. Don't ever say that's my greatest weakness. I've had even ministers look at me soberly and go, I guess that's my weakness. As a man thinks, so is it. If you decree it, it'll be to you as you've said and believed. I mean, you know, I've had people say, well, I, you know, that Mark eleven twenty three, you know, that, that saying it and believing it, that don't work for everybody. That works for everybody. Saved and unsaved. 
I said, that works for the person that said, that, that just don't work for me. They're believing it doesn't work for them positively. They said it, and so it's working for them. Negatively. Hmm? Mark eleven twenty three works for everybody all the time. Well, seems like we have an accident every summer. Something happens to one of the kids. <laughs> Gotta go to the emergency room. Wouldn't want to be your kid. I know people don't know any better, but quit it. Don't give the devil any place. Even in the face of problems, talk faith. Amen. Like I, like I told the lady, even in the middle of throwing up. Even in the middle of 12 new bills came in the mail. And you ain't paid the last 14. What do you do? Fall on the floor and cry and go, oh my Lord, I just got so many bills, I don't know what to do. And the devil goes, it's awful. It's awful. You're never coming out of this. If you'll listen, you'll start repeating stuff he's feeding you. I don't know if I'll ever get out of this. I don't think you're ever coming out of this. Will I ever get out? No. (laughs) I'm so far behind, how could I ever get out? You can't. You can't. You'll never get out. Oh, I'll never get out. That's right, you'll never get out. This is where spiritual warfare is going on. People put on fatigues and combat boots and scream, but this is the real spiritual warfare. I'm telling you, this is it right here. It's happening between your ears. It's happening in your soul. When the enemy is bombarding and you got to rule and reign like a king and stand up and not take that and say, no, I'm coming out of this. God is working for me. I've given and the money is coming to me. It's on the way. He always meets all my needs. I'll pay every one of these bills. I'll come out. I'll get on top and I'll be a big giver. I've decreed it. It'll be so in my life. Hallelujah. The Lord's given me the keys. He's given me the right to do that. I can do it. Hallelujah. Stand up on your feet. I was saying, watch about these phrases. Watch about them. About saying all those kind of things. I, I always get this. I, I have this. I, every time I do this, this happens. I can't do this. I don't have that. Watch it. Listen to yourself. Kind of sneak up on yourself sometime and listen to what you're saying. And I mean, if you have to, get rough with yourself. So you quit that and I mean now. And if you find yourself, you said something that's wrong, don't just panic and go, oh my Lord, it's going to happen. No, just change it right then. Say, no, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I believe this. And that's the end of it. You've affirmed it. And give only words that God can work on. Only words that the Holy Ghost, that angels can work on. Give the enemy no words that he can work on in your life. None. Now that the Lord led me, we'd have a healing line right now. But we're going to do something instead of that. Because he keeps leading us in this direction of us taking authority. Us taking control. I have laid hands on people any number of times and taken authority over tumors or growths. I've commanded cancers to die in their body. And they've obeyed in the name of Jesus. I've felt tumors under my hand just go down like that. In a few seconds, when we spoke to it in Jesus' name and commanded it to dissolve, commanded it to dry up and go away. But listen, I don't have 
any patent on the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus belongs to you just as much as it does to me or the pastors or anybody else. Is that right? And you have a right where your body's concerned. If something is not the way it ought to be, you say something about it. You do something about it. You decree it and it has to come in line. And if it doesn't just change in in a moment of time, don't let that shake your faith. Just stay on it. Amen. And some things have become the way they become because of people talking bad things for 20 years. So surely you can say a good thing for a few days. Right? All right. I want us to just do some things to just take authority and, and speak to our bodies from one from the top to the bottom. Because, you know, you don't know everything that's going on and even some things that could possibly cause you some problems in the future. We can change it, cut it off. Now, before it ever gets there, I want you to start, and and if you can reach and touch uh, the part of your body, then you do. If not, you just reach down that way. Let's start at our feet. Say, feet, you're my feet. I speak to you. Bones, ligaments, muscles, be right, be whole, be strong, be normal, in Jesus' name. Ankles. Be strong, be right, be straight, be whole. Calves, muscles, bones, be healed, be whole. Knees, be straight, be correct, be strong, be healed. I call you strong and you must be. Legs, thighs. Bones, muscles, be clean, be whole, be strong, hips, be strong, be straight, be right, hip joints, be healthy, be restored, be strong. Hallelujah. Lay your hand on your stomach. Intestines. Organs, glands, be normal, be clean, be whole, be healthy, be strong and right in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Just keep your hands there for a minute. I'm going to believe God can reach inside you right now and just change that. Hallelujah. Lay your hands on up a little higher in your body. Say, uh, stomach. Esophagus, throat, be healthy, be normal, be healed, work right, work normally. I command you in Jesus' name. Heart, be healthy, be clear, be free, be clean, be strong, work right, function. Flow normally, be healthy, I command you. Lungs, be clear, be clean, be free, work normally. Every bone, every ligament, every muscle, every sinew, every tendon, be right, be healthy. 
Be strong. Ears. Be healthy. Hear right. Hear well. Be normal. Be healthy. Eyes. Be strong. Anything wrong. Be corrected. I call my eyes. Strong. Keen. Sharp. In Jesus name. Nose. Nasal cavities. Be clear. Be straight. Be free. Be strong. Jaws. Mouth. Tongue. Teeth. Be healthy. Be whole. Be strong. Brain. Be normal. Be right. Be whole. Function perfectly. Function perfectly. Normally. Healthfully. My whole body. From the top of my head. To the soles of my feet. I have power. Over you. I command you. And decree. You shall work well. You shall be strong. And healthy. And you will serve me well. All my days. To the glory of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There, there are some things have already happened. Already have, and some other, many other things are happening. There's several folk you, you, you can tell in your body already right now a change. Something's already changed in your body. And something's already changed in your body that you can tell. Yeah. Yeah, there's a number of you. Hallelujah. The rest of you, it's changing. It's changing. You'll see it. You'll feel it. Hallelujah. I want you to say this out loud. I do not have a weight problem. I'm in control. I maintain exactly the size I want. I'm in control. I eat what I want. And I don't. When I don't, I'm in control. Now, don't you say anything to mess that up. Right? My metabolism is wonderful. It's the kind people wish they had. That's right. I just don't have a problem. If people say, well, you know, people don't, don't see the connection between some of these things. Some folk are always being told, man, you just, you can eat anything. And, and then they start saying that. Yeah, I guess I can just eat anything. It don't bother me. Other folks saying, man, I can eat three bites of that and gain five pounds. <laughs> you must not like yourself to do that to yourself. Hmm? This is a way of life. This is a way of living. 
And you don't wait till you see everything change and then you're going to start talking it that way. You call those things which be not as though they were. Let me give you this testimony and we'll, we'll be through, I guess. Unless the Lord says something else. But a young man came to me one time and he said, Brother Keith, he, off to the side, he said, I want you to, to pray for me. And I said, what for? He said, I want to quit smoking. But I just can't. I've tried. And I, man, I have thrown away enough cigarettes to buy a new car. And I just, and I go back and buy more. I've tried. I've been prayed for. I've had hands laid on me. But I, I just can't quit. Do you know what his biggest problem is? If you don't, we're going to have to go back to our text and start over. Do you know what his biggest, what's his biggest problem? Did you hear what he said? What did he say? He said, I can't quit. Do you think he believes he can't quit? And he says he can't quit. So what? He's bound. The Lord gave him the keys. We're supposed to be loosing ourselves and minding the devil, but instead people are binding themselves and loosing the devil in their life. They're binding and loosing, all right. But the wrong ones and the wrong places and the wrong things. I said, all right, do what I tell you and it'll work for you. He said, you're sure? I said, I'm sure. He said, well, I, don't tell me I have to throw them all away. I said, no, I'm not going to tell you that. He said, I've already been through all that. I just have to go buy more. I said, here's what you do. And you do it, for lack of a better word, religiously. You, you do it consistently. You do it diligently is a better word. I said, you say all the time, every time that you buy a pack of cigarettes, when you put them in your pocket, I want you to say, I am free from cigarettes. When you open up the pack, you pull one out, I want you to say, I am free from cigarettes. When you put it in your mouth and you light it up, I want you to say, I'm free from these. In between puffs, I want you to say, thank you, Lord. I'm free from cigarettes. I'm free from them. He said, while I'm smoking? I said, while you're smoking. In between puffs. In between puffs. So people haven't got a hold of the fact. They think I've got to feel free before I can say it. No, this is what's going to get you there. Your mouth's going to turn it around for you. This gnawing craving in his body for nicotine has got to have some power of the word against it. Amen. To help change this thing. I said when you put the cigarette out in the ashtray or you you say, thank you, Lord. I'm free from cigarettes. You lay down at night and you pull out the pack, lay it on your nightstand. You say, Lord, I'm thanking you that I am. Not going to be that I am. So that's the way the Lord thought. He called Abraham. He said, I have made you the father of many nations before they had a baby. Is that right? He told the woman had the spirit of infirmity. You are loosed while she's still bent over and can't stand up. So what happened? Same thing that's happened again and again. You see him come smile. Sometimes it's a few days. Sometimes it's a week or so. But you see him come shouting. Brother Keith, I'm not smoking no more. I'm free. He said, he's finally said enough times where he thought, I am free. I'm really free. I'm free. You begin to believe it. And you begin to decree it with power. And it is so in your life. Said out loud, I'm free. From bondages. I'm free. From habits. I'm free and in control. And it's good to be free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, let's thank him one more time. Thank you, Lord. 
that you put us in control. Thank you, Lord, that we're not victims. We're not pawns. We're not helpless. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.